0: Welcome to Expand Your Horizons, the podcast for English language teachers and wanderlust indulgers. I'm your host, Shannon Felt, teacher trainer, resource provider, and course creator for teachers around the world. In each episode, I'll share concrete strategies to help you sharpen your skills and become the very best teacher you can be. We're talking all things ELT, the most effective classroom practices, communicative methodology, and valuable tips for planning and teaching so you can help your students see real improvement in their language abilities. We'll also hear from language teachers and ELT professionals all over the globe who are making inspiring moves in our industry. So thanks for joining me. Here's to making this big world a little smaller by connecting ESL teachers everywhere. Hello, and welcome back to the Expand Your Horizons podcast. Last week, I shared with you five of my top tips, well, six including a bonus tip, uh, for teaching reading lessons. So this week, I'd like to talk to you about some of my favorite tips for teaching listening lessons online. So let's dive right in. So listening, like reading, is a receptive skill, meaning that the way you structure and teach either of those lessons will be pretty similar. But in this lesson, excuse me, this episode, I would like to get into some advice specifically for teaching a listening lesson since there are some unique challenges and tech considerations you need to take um, for those particular types of lessons. All right, so let's get into my top tips for teaching listening lessons online. So tip number one is to embed the audio file into your slide, whether you're using a PowerPoint slide to teach or a Google slide, whatever you like. My advice is to have everything for the lesson in the same place. This is why I love teaching with PowerPoint or Google slides because you can really use it not just as your virtual whiteboard essentially, but it's kind of one place where you can put all of your stuff, so all of your video, audio, images, any text that you want to show the students, your tasks, all of those can be put into the same PowerPoint presentation and this makes things so much easier than trying to click around and screen share different windows, Right, having to search for the audio file on your computer and then play it and then switch back to your slide when you want to show the students the comprehension questions. It's much easier to not do all that switching back and forth of windows and screens and just have everything right there on the slide for you. So audio into a slide really isn't that difficult, uh, generally you'll just have to look for the insert um, on the menu, your PowerPoint menu, and you should see a way there to um, insert the audio right into your slide, your audio file. Just don't forget when it actually comes time to play the audio, to share computer sound. When you click the share screen button, there's a little box in the bottom left-hand corner that says share computer sound. Make sure you check that box and then the sound will play right through Zoom. All right, so that's tip number one. Moving on to tip number two. Tip number two involves using some images and visuals in your listening lessons. So even if the the speakers, the people who are, having a conversation, whatever audio you're playing for the students, even if you're not using a course book or the course book doesn't have pictures of those people, I think it's really nice to bring a little something extra to contextualize the lesson a little bit more by bringing in this, the quote unquote speakers, right? It doesn't matter if those are actually the people whose voices we're hearing in the audio. It's just nice to, to give the students something to look at, someone to look at as they're listening to the audio. So if, for example, it's a conversation between two people, I actually go in and find stock photos of two people that it looks like those two people could be speaking and insert them into my slide on the same slide with the audio file. So that way the students can see an image, they have some context, you know, if the conversation sounds like the two people are in a cafe or a restaurant, I would actually find a stock photo of two people talking in a cafe or a restaurant. Um, So it just adds something. It's much nicer. It kind of brings everything in that particular stage of the lesson together. If you're looking for a good source for stock photos, I can recommend a couple of places. Uh, So one site that I really like is called Pixabay. That's P-I-X-A-B-A-Y. I'll link to these in the show notes. Um, Pexels as well is another good one. And then Canva is one that I love. If you haven't played with Canva yet, uh, I highly recommend checking it out. It's a super useful site for not only finding, but creating graphics for really anything you need in your lessons or online teaching. There's a a bit of a possibility to go down a rabbit hole there, so be careful. Um, But Canva is a great source of images and graphics. So again, you can insert any of your graphics, any of the images, stock photos that you find right into your slide. Put those on the same slide where you have the audio so students can be looking at those images as they're listening. All right, that brings me to tip number three. What else should students be listening to, Uh, excuse me, what else should students be looking at while they're listening to the audio? And the answer to that is the task. Just like with reading, anytime you have the students listen to something, they need to have a task set in advance. You should never just say, listen to this. It should always be, listen to this and what do the students need to do? Listen to this and answer these comprehension questions. Listen to this and try to see what's the relationship between the speakers or where are they? So whatever task you've set for the students whether it's choose the best title or identify the relationship between the speakers or answer these five true and false questions that task should also be visible or somehow accessible to students as they're listening to the audio they need to be able to see the task and listen to the audio at the same time that helps them pick out key words and it makes sure that you're actually checking the student's comprehension and not just their memory so that might mean that you need to do some creative formatting on your slide so that you can get the task or the questions on the slide with the audio and with any images that you're using to help introduce the speakers another option if you're having trouble fitting all of that on the same slide is to use a tool like google docs or google forms where you could put the task or the questions into a doc docker form send that link to the students through the chat and then you could just display Um, the pictures on your slide while you play the audio, and the students could have the form or the doc that they could pull up and look at on their own device. All right, good, so next tip, after the students have listened, now that we know how to set up the listening task and what should be visible during the listening task, after the students have listened alone, tip number four is to let the students check their answers in pairs. So just like with a reading lesson, this is important because this is where you can really get a sense of how the students did on the task. In an online classroom, it's not like in an in-person lesson, right, where you can look around the room, you can look at students' faces as they're listening, you can tell who looks confident, who looks frustrated, who looks lost, so you have a sense more of a sense I would say in a physical classroom of how the students are reacting to the audio and it's really hard to get that online because you can't always see all of your students on camera at the same time so letting the students check in pairs allows you to go from breakout room to breakout room and monitor and listen in on their conversations about the task so you might hear them saying things like oh yeah number one was xyz that was easy but number two Did you hear that? I didn't understand it, right? So now I have intel as the teacher about exactly which answers need more clarification and exactly which parts of the audio the students might need to listen to again. It's also really helpful for the students. What I've found is that even if the students struggled with the audio the first time, and you know that they need to listen to it again at some point to to succeed on that task that you've set, it's still nice to let them check answers in pairs first because it sort of supports them and gives them clues for what to listen to when you play the audio again. Their partner might say things that they didn't catch, right? their partner might bring up some key words that they can then listen to when they come back, um, listen for, excuse me, when they come back and listen again. So I think that offers really helpful support for the students to get that pair check, right? to get that conversation in between. Then if you bring them back and they're still really unsure of a lot of the answers, go ahead and play the audio again and then you can repeat that process. Pair check again and then do feedback. Speaking of feedback, that brings us to tip number five. Uh, My tip number five is prepare in advance for your feedback. So feedback should be a couple of things. Uh, It should be visual first of all, just like with a reading lesson or any lesson really, which means that as you elicit the correct answers from the students, make sure you're marking those on the slide or somehow making the the answers visual. So that way if a student missed something or they didn't quite hear, they can look up at at the slide that you're screen sharing and see oh okay those are the correct answers there, now I have them. If the students are having some trouble with some of the answers, You can, let's say for example, they're really confident with number one, so you put the correct answer for number one. Then maybe number two, they're not so sure. You could just leave a question mark or write the answer that they think it is with a question mark and sort of prep them when you play the audio again, right? That, okay, so we got number one, but let's listen again just for number two and see if we can hear more information. So that's a really helpful way to indicate to the students visually which answers they got and which answers they need to pay attention to when you listen the next time. Finally, uh, what I mean when I say prepare for feedback is that it's really helpful to to note timestamps of where the answers are found in the audio. So for example, maybe the students got all of them correct except they really struggled with number four and maybe number four is like, four and a half minutes in to the audio. Do you really want to play the entire audio clip again, just to get to the answer that they need, which is four and a half minutes in? Probably not. It's not the best use of your time in your listening lesson. However, if you've written down the timestamp of exactly where, around where, at least the answer to number four comes up in the audio, then it's really easy during feedback to say, okay, everybody, these answers are all correct except for number four. We weren't sure about that one, so let's listen to just that part of the audio again and see if we can hear more information. So that's a really good idea in your preparation to go through and actually note down exactly um, where in the audio you can find the answer to each of the questions or each of the parts of the task, depending on how you've set it up. All right. So those are my top five tips. As with reading, I'm going to throw in one bonus tip. So tip number six, again, is timing. I would say with timing in a listening lesson, you probably need even more flexibility built in than you do with a reading lesson Um, for one main reason. And that is with a reading lesson, students have access to the text all the time, right? Once you've screen shared the text and they've taken a a screenshot once you've sent them the Google form or the Google Doc with the text they they can have it in front of them so even in their breakout rooms while they're doing pair checks it's easy for them um, to actually screen share the article point at different lines point at keywords right they can go back and read some of it as they're discussing their answers with their partner with listening they really can't do that they've heard it and now they don't have access to it anymore until you play it again so that means you'll need to plan in time that in case you need to play the audio maybe an extra time two extra times more than you were planning you have time for that so a tip is to actually plan two versions of whatever productive task or kind of speaking follow-up task you're going to do at the end of your lesson and then use whichever one you have time for so one version could be a lot longer more involved right so if you find yourself with 10 or 15 minutes at the end of the lesson, because you didn't have to play the audio more than you expected, you can use the longer, more involved speaking task. But let's say you did end up having to play the audio a few extra times, and now you don't have so much time at the end of your lesson. You have just a few minutes left. It's really helpful if you have a second version, like a shortened, simplified version of your productive task, like just a few follow up or discussion questions planned. Um, additionally, so you can just use that one instead, and then you're, you're not left with nothing to do for that productive um, stage. In addition to all of that, you'll want to just keep your lead-in and any vocabulary pre-teach stages um, if you do a, a vocab pre-teach stage in your listening lesson, nice and short, because remember, you can always add on an extra task at the end, but you can't get time back from the beginning of the lesson once you've spent it. And you don't want to run out of time for the listening activities. Because that can be really frustrating for students if at the end of the lesson they don't feel like they actually had time to listen enough and get the answers at the end of the class time. Yeah. Good. OK. So those are my top tips for teaching listening lessons online. Just to quickly sum up, tip number one was to embed the audio right into your PowerPoint or Google Slide for easy access. Tip number two is to use stock photos to create images for the the speakers, the people that are talking um, in the text, the audio text. Tip number three was to make the comprehension task or the listening task visible as the students are listening to the audio. So either through a Google Doc or Google Form or displayed on the same PowerPoint slide. Tip number four is to always let your students check answers to the listening tasks in pairs after they listen. Tip number five is to prep for feedback, make feedback visual and make sure you have timestamps written down of where in the audio you can find each answer to your listening tasks. And then finally, tip number six, the bonus tip is to plan lots of flexibility into your listening lesson for timing. So good luck teaching your listening lessons. Feel free to leave me a comment on this episode and let me know any questions, any wins, any challenges that you have when you're teaching a listening lesson online. That's all for now. Bye, everybody. Thanks again for joining me. Feel free to leave a comment on this episode or reach out to me directly at info at and let me know what you want to hear in upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and take a few seconds to leave a quick review. It helps so much in getting the word out there. And of course, if you know other teachers or travelers, I'd love for you to share this with them too. Stay tuned for the next episode, and until then, head to teflhorizons.com for more resources and teaching tips. Let's keep making this big world smaller by expanding horizons.